Welcome to SCOTUS Vlog Media. Today is June 26th. Today, the last day of the term, the court issued its opinions in Windsor and Perry, the cases on gay marriage challenging DOMA and Prop 8. With the highlights, we go to SCOTUS Blog's Amy Howe. With the Supreme Court expected to issue its decisions in two potentially historic same-sex marriage cases this morning, all eyes were on 1 First Street Northeast, where the court is located. Shortly after 10 a.m., messengers carrying paper copies of the court's opinions sprinted out of the building to relay the decisions to waiting news media. And although they ultimately didn't get everything they had hoped for, the court did not, for example, declare that there is a broad right to same-sex marriage, supporters of same-sex marriage still found a lot to cheer about today. First out this morning was United States versus Windsor, the challenge to Section 3 of the Federal Defense of Marriage Act. That law, which Congress passed in 1996 and then President Bill Clinton signed into law, defined marriage as a union between a man and a woman only for purposes of a wide variety of federal laws and programs related to everything from immigration to Social Security benefits and federal estate taxes. Today, Justice Anthony Kennedy joined the four members of the court's liberal wing in voting to strike down Section 3 of DOMA as unconstitutional. The court began by considering whether it has the authority to review the case at all when the plaintiff in the case, an 80-something woman named Edith Windsor, won in the lower court and the federal government agreed that DOMA is unconstitutional. The court found that it did, based on the nearly $400,000 that the United States government has been ordered to pay Edith Windsor to refund the taxes on the estate that she inherited from her wife, Thea Spire. The court then explained that Section 3 of DOMA must fall. It reasoned that some states have opted to allow same-sex couples to marry to provide them with the protection and dignity of marriage. But DOMA discriminates against same-sex couples by preventing the federal government from recognizing their marriages, and it does so to express disapproval of same-sex marriage. This decision means that same-sex couples who are legally married must now be treated the same as married opposite-sex couples under federal law. This is a fairly straightforward proposition for, for example, same-sex couples who get married in Maryland and live there, but it's less clear how the invalidation of Section 3 of DOMA will play out for a same-sex couple, for example, who marries in Maryland and moves across across the river to Virginia, which does not recognize same-sex marriage. President Obama has already ordered administration officials to begin to review federal laws and regulations, but it may not be simple or quick. In the second same-sex marriage case, Hollingsworth v. Perry, the challengers to California's Proposition 8 had hoped to secure a broad ruling that there is a right to same-sex marriage. They didn't get that, but they declared victory all the same. Five justices, the Chief Justice joined by Justices Scalia, Ginsburg, Breyer, and Kagan, agreed that the sponsors of the law lacked a legal right to defend the initiative after a federal district court struck it down. That result was not the one that two same-sex couples had most hoped for when they filed their challenge to California's ban on same-sex marriage four years ago. It did seem to be the most likely outcome after the oral argument in late March. For a federal, a federal lawsuit to proceed in federal court, both sides in the case must have, among other things, something called standing. That's a legal term for a real and specific injury that can be redressed by a court decision in your favor. In this case, the two same-sex couples won in the federal trial court, and the state officials who would have otherwise enforced Proposition 8 didn't appeal that decision because they agreed that the law was unconstitutional. 
Only the proponents of the initiative wanted to appeal, but the district court had ordered them to do or not to do anything, so they had no direct stake in the outcome of the appeal. Simply disliking the, the law, the court explained, is not enough to create standing. Nor does state law justify allowing the proponents to participate in the case. California election laws don't give them a special role in enforcing Proposition 8, and a ruling by the California Supreme Court that California law allowed the sponsors to appear in court on behalf of the state doesn't help them here. The Supreme Court, the court majority explained, has never before upheld the standing of a private party to defend the constitutionality of a state statute when state officials have chosen not to. At the oral argument in the spring, Justice Anthony Kennedy, the author of the opinion in Windsor, had suggested that the court might have made a mistake in deciding to review the the Perry case challenging Proposition 8, and that the court should instead let the political process work out when and whether same-sex marriage should be permitted. But there was no sign of those misgivings today. To the contrary, and in an opinion that was joined by Justices Thomas, Alito, and Sotomayor, the dissenters acknowledged that the court might want to be cautious before weighing in on such a controversial and evolving subject as same-sex marriage. But that's no excuse, he argued, for reaching a bad decision on the standing issue. And echoing the state's rights theme that was in his opinion for the court in Windsor, he chided the majority for not taking into account how California laws, and in particular the state's system for voter initiatives, work, much less the effect that its ruling will have on the 26 other states with similar initiative systems. So where does the ban on same-sex marriage in California go from here? California's governor, Edmund Brown, has already ordered state officials to begin issuing marriage licenses to same-sex couples. But before it can do that, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit has to lift an order that kept its decision striking down the ban from going into effect while the Supreme Court reviewed the case. That will probably take a little less than a month. Stay tuned. Well, that's it for now, but check back with us as we get closer to the first Monday in October for our coverage of the next term. From all of us at SCOTUS Blog, thanks for watching, reading, and listening.